Hello, this is Jeff from the future. This episode was recorded in 2020 as part of an original attempt at a music review podcast. The original idea was to discuss new music as it was being released, but 2020 being what it was, brought quite a few album postponements and other complications. So this series continued through 2020 and into 2021. We are now here in 2022 at the time I am recording this. So what you are about to listen to is not the Sound Judgment podcast, but an early iteration. Also, being that it was recorded more than two years ago now, some of our thoughts and opinions may have changed, considering that we are, in fact, people who are continuously trying to learn and better ourselves. Enjoy the show. I realize that, like, that's totally not the thing you're supposed to ever comment. Like, we shouldn't say that on the air of just like, hey, you sound like crap. Because I realize, like, I guess not thinking about it, you probably wouldn't notice. But yeah, dude, you, you sound like shit right now. Oh, good. I hit record just in time for you to say <laughs> I sound like shit right now. Which is kind of what I was banking on, to be honest. Don't worry. I had already started recording, actually, just to get it running. So I already, I think I, yeah, I have myself recording this saying, too. But that wasn't intentional. Wonderful. Okay, good. That's great. <laughs> I'm, don't worry, everybody. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Jeff, and this is the New Music Challenge Podcast. Every week we're going to challenge each other to listen to some new albums from this year. But not just any new releases. We're trying to take each other out of our comfort zones as much as we can. So whether you want to hear a metalhead discuss the newest pop release, or a pretentious wannabe blues musician review the hardest new metal album, this is the show for you. So I crashed, like, a four-year-old's birthday party uh, for a few minutes to talk to And I have a picture of the two of us. It's really great. We're both... Um, obviously not planned. We are both wearing Christmas shirts right now. I hate it is all August. Of it is August eighth. Just I in hate, case anyone cares. I hate <laughs> so much. But I'm wearing my like the one that has like a wreath with a bunch of cat heads in it. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, he's wearing like a Grinch cartoon shirt. Really great. Well, um, on that note, uh, Jeff, do you hear this? You're either typing or playing with a piece of paper. It's not really coming across Discord very well. Well, do you, whatever it is. Well, do you know? Do you know what that piece of paper is? No. Well, that's a. It's actually a medical bill. But if we used scripts <laughs> on paper, um, it would be the script for our Christmas in July episode. To which I. To which I say, uh, it's no longer July. Um, yeah, don't, don't worry. This is paid. Um, oh, good. <laughs> So, yeah, so, unfortunately, so we, we had a Christmas in July episode planned, and then due to a variety of things on both of our ends. A like, series we of unfortunate having, events, you could say. Yeah. Like, everything that could have happened to make it impossible to do a podcast happened, including, like, you were having, well, you have, like, major computer issues. I was having computer issues. Well, I had storage issues. Then I had, as soon as I was, as soon as I got um, some more memory. Uh, my screen stopped working, so it's very hard. I could theoretically record, but it's hard to edit without a screen. Um, yeah, so it just wasn't worth trying to fight and do. And Jeff had to sit on some cats. I was sitting on cats. I was babysitting five cats for a friend of ours. I don't really know why. They're not going to hatch. <laughs> you have to keep them warm, and you have to water them so they grow. Okay, that's fair. That, that's, I understand that's what that. Cats, that's what cats do, right? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> no, it. No, in all fairness, I spent about half of the time I was there just trying to find the one. I would open the door and four of the cats are, like, in my face trying to eat me. 
And then there's the one that I'm just like, oh my god, where is he? Like, please tell me he didn't get out. I do not want to try and, like, search the neighborhood for a cat. Is it the Did same just... one we, we couldn't find when we stopped by? Yes. Do we have one. evidence that he's still there? Oh, I eventually found him okay. uh, the next day. He just, like, he would hide under the bed. And, like, you know, they just, like, use under the bed as, like, storage for things. Yeah. And he would hide, like, behind things. I think, literally, if I would, like, look under the bed and start moving things, he would move to the other side. So he was always behind something else. Oh, my God. It was a mess trying to find this stupid cat. He never, not a single time he came out in the week that I was babysitting. I was going to say, I think it would be a lot of fun if if the prank was that they had four cats and they told you they had five, but you won't see one very much. And you just spent the whole week wondering if he was there or not. Well, the problem is... I've... Things that make you want to kill yourself. Uh, people dying, the new Blink-182 single. Okay, but did you listen to it? Yeah. Can I remind you that they are in their mid to late 40s? Yeah. In those, like... Those are the lyrics, the lyrics they wrote. The lyrics are basically like, Quarantine sucks. I hate this disease. Like, oh my god, you guys are... Like, you're not even just adults. You are middle-aged men. Grow up. They are so pathetic and juvenile. It is unbelievable. I know. It's it's actually pretty fucking bad. Although, also, apparently, the Alkaline part... Trio guy's out, I guess. Oh, is he? Well, they're apparently, like, they've been doing... Apparently, that song is just the two of them and then, like, a guest musician... Oh, I didn't bother paying attention to that. And apparently, um, on all of their recent promotional work, it's just been uh, the remaining two, Travis Matt and, and Travis. Yeah, Travis and Matt. No, Mark. Mark. Not Matt. I was going to say it's Mark, Mark isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because Tom's, um, Tom's out uh, creating UFO databases or whatever the fuck he does. Tom's doing his UFO thing, which, yeah. you know what, man? If he's happy and not hurting anybody, like I'm going to let it go. And which is okay and Matt apparently is like a huge toll Mark which I or no Matt Skiba Matt. the guy from oh, the Matt trio, okay who like which is sad because I at one point in time was a pretty big Alkaline Trio fan they they have a few albums that I really really enjoy still enjoy um but my god he's one of those ones that, like whenever I see his name on an article like he did an interview I'm afraid to read it he is so frustrating. Is he? Is he? In in what way is Matt Skiball douchey? <laughs> Skiball. <laughs> um, like is he what? is he one of those like egomaniacs or just like does he have like he's political like, opinions he's like, that just piss everyone off? Or? Yeah, he's like completely insensitive to anything going on around him. He has a weird, completely undeserved ego. Like I don't know what it is about being the guitar player and singer from Blink-182, but you just kind of apparently lose your mind in that position. I mean, to be fair, if I had to sit Blink if I had to sing for Blink-182 every night, I'd probably go fucking nuts. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, you're right. I guess he's like not he's not in this, is he? No. I bet I bet you know how like the Misfits had like requirements that you had to work out to stay in the band? Okay. I bet, like, I bet Blink-182, you, like, have to, like, be able to smoke, like, two joints here yourself and, like, chug a 40 every morning to, like, stay in the band. <laughs> like, they just seem that immature. Oh, God. 
I don't know, man. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. It, it, it would be one thing if they just, you know, st- quote-unquote, stayed emotionally stunted. Blink-182 bothered me. Uh, oh my god. Going on 20 years ago. They were already in their 20s and being absurdly juvenile. So, like, what? What did, When did they start stunting their emotional growth? When they were 11? Because that's really what it seems like. Anyway, we're actually here to talk about things that aren't this. <laughs> would, so you anyway, like to, so, would you like to get to that? So Yeah, so anyways, um, the most important part, the, the one thing that I want everyone to take away from this podcast is that the Christmas in July episode is going to be uh, at the beginning of December uh, before the Christmas special, and we're probably going to record it in November, so you're going to get Christmas in July and November and December. (laughs) Now that we've successfully driven off our only listener, let's shit on Taylor Swift, because... (laughs) I I guess I shouldn't say that. I guess I shouldn't say that. I haven't heard your opinion, but let's talk about Taylor Swift's folklore. And they said, there goes the last great American dynasty. Who knows if she never showed up, what could have been? There goes the maddest woman this town has ever seen. She had a marvelous time ruining everything. Okay, can I actually say one thing first off? Yeah. You know what this world doesn't need is more 30-year-old dudes talking about Taylor Swift's new album. But here we are! Jeff wears short skirts, I wear t-shirts, Jeff's cheer captain, I smoke weed under the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, alright. I want to uh... kick this off with the most important point I'd like to make with this album. You say... The world doesn't need more Taylor Swift albums reviewed by 30-year-old men. I don't think the world needs any more albums with all lowercase song titles. Stop that. Oh, yeah, I actually, I didn't write it down, but I, I definitely kept having that thought. Uh, I don't really, I obviously don't care as much as you do. I always, however, think that, like, the stylistic writing of certain things, unless it's an artist's logo, I always think is really tacky. Yeah. Like, as much as I liked the band Fun, I think the fact that they always wrote it lowercase with a period, even if it was in the middle of a sentence, was always kind of dumb looking. Well, there's Portugal. Portugal the Man. I was about to say, what's my favorite Wikipedia page to read? And and it's Portugal the Man. Oh, the man. I'm sorry, not Portugal the Band. They were called Portugal the Man. That's right. But, see, I think that goes in the same lines as just, like, Panic at the Disco, which is just, like, that's kind of a dumb name. Yeah, but the stylistic writing of all lowercase for some reason really does bother me. But that's another story. I'm not gonna hate this album because of that. There are plenty of other as reasons I, too. As anyway. I as I, say, as I say frequently, if you're gonna hate something, hate it for the right reasons. Um, before anything else, before anything else, unless you have like pre-discussion statements to make. Um, I mean, the only thing. The only thing I was going to say is I I don't consider myself like a huge Taylor Swift fan. Um, I think that's so, pretty obvious, so, yeah. So I'm mostly aware <clears throat> of Taylor Swift through, like, force and cultural osmosis. Oh. But, but um, you know, when she first dropped, I thought this isn't my thing, but I thought, you know, an 18-year-old girl singing and playing her own songs was, was you know, it was um, artistic and, and, you know, I, I, I give credit to that. Um it's not my thing, 
But I respect her at like 17, 18. She's playing her own songs. She's singing her own songs. It was a little too relationship bad, boys mean for me. Um, but, you know, I, I, I kind of thought if she got better, I might I might enjoy, like, she might be a good songwriter. Uh, but then she put off, like, the, the album with, like, Shake It Off and Blank Space, which was when, like, I really was forced to listen to her music. And um, that's, like, the opposite of what I wanted because she started, you know, doing her own music less and the the lyrics were still um relationship sad boys mean um and then like the last time i let myself be aware of taylor swift was look what you made me do which belongs in the fucking trash and she was in cats she was in cats oh she was in cats oh god i i give me a minute i need to process that i'm having I'm having awful flashbacks from that movie. Other than that, I don't even know how many albums she put. I'm aware of, like, two. Sorry, I'm still processing the fact that we're talking about cats, and I, I was not ready. Do I need to Do I need to stall some more? So no, anyways, I'm, I'm reading this, me, no, this need, article, no, and they're using stop. words like Indian Dark, and, and it sounds pretty interesting, and it's like the most black metal cover I've ever seen Taylor Swift do, and that joke was a lot more original when I wrote it, but it's been a couple weeks now. Um... <laughs> But but then but then the article goes on to state that it opens with the one a contemplative track that considers an alternative life with the one who got away and closes with hoax a second person lament about a broken relationship and I audibly groan. So first off, I think she has eleven albums out. Like she she's 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 holy done quite a shit, bit. something like that. Like she's yeah she's done quite a bit. I don't think people like. She's I thought like six for... or seven. No, she's been around for, like, 15 years. Yeah. Like, I think that's another thing is that people kind of forget, like, she's been around for a while. So, first off, I'm going to make a few statements. Some of this is going to be a little bit of a rebuttal of what you said already. Please do. Someone's got to defend um, her. Someone's got to make this podcast look good. Well, there are plenty of people who will defend her. She is hugely, pos- like, popular. You well, don't I mean really between, need to look I mean between the two of us her. so that we don't but, get okay, all of the so, dislikes. So, first off. This is... We've had similar conversations before, and I'm going to go back to one of the ones we specifically talked about. Whether people like it or not, like, for example, Leonard Skinner had a bunch of big hits when they first started with their original lineup, and then tragically some of those members died and other people have quit, whatever. The second singer, who was the younger brother of the original singer, for all real intents and purposes is the singer for Leonard Skinner. They they were more his band than his brother because he was around longer. Taylor Swift was a country singer for like three years. So for some reason, I don't know why we have it in our heads that like, oh, well, she was like great when she was a country singer and then she did her pop stuff. She's been doing her pop stuff for 12 or 13 years now. Like, that's what she is. Oh, no, 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 no. And here's the thing. Um, you, you, I am uh, firmly of the belief you can do, you can go whatever direct musical direction that you want. You, you should be able to do whatever you want with your career, especially as a solo artist. I mean, she's put every, she's not like she's put anything out under a band name. She's put everything out under Taylor Swift. So I think she should be able to do whatever she want. I just don't have to like it. And Oh, no, you don't. And, and this I, is certainly not... I'm certainly not her target demographic either. And I don't even necessarily mean that to you. I mean that, like, that is just a, a such a typical, like, I hate Taylor Swift because when she was a teenager, she wrote her own songs and they were kind of cute and nice. But, like, 
she's still a creative force behind everything she's done. And she hasn't been a country singer for over a decade. Like, we need to drop that. Which actually brings up another thing real quick here about this album. Out of nowhere, she released this, you know, quarantine album. Basically, no one really knew it was ex it was going to exist until pretty much the day before it came out. Surprise, new album. It's this, like, kind of mellow, melancholy... It's called Folklore, and it has, like, kind of, like, modern folk elements in it. And any reviewer who says that this is some big change in style for her is also an idiot, because quite frankly, this is like a logical next step in her evolution here. Her past two albums have had songs that would practically fit on this album perfectly, just slightly different production. Like, this isn't actually anything crazy or new. This is just the next step in whatever it is she's doing. For better or worse is yet to be determined or up to you, but this isn't actually crazy. No, I... I... I mean, I don't know anything about her last couple albums. Again, last thing I was aware of, Look What You Made Me Do, Song Belongs in the Trash. I don't know anything else off that album. The rest of the album could be great. I don't know. I've heard plenty of songs the lead single sucks and the rest of the album's good. So on, the, the album is called Reputation, and it's really frustrating to me that the song Look What You Made Me Do is literally sandwiched in between songs called Delicate and So It Goes, which are probably my favorite songs on that album. That's actually really funny. So, and that's, so and that's why I God. like doing this. That's why I like doing this with you, and I wouldn't want to do it with someone else, because someone else might just reinforce my beliefs on Taylor Swift, because I don't know shit, and I admit I don't know shit. I am not an expert on Taylor Swift. I legitimately, as far as what I own, I own two albums. I own Reputation, I own Lover, her last two. Two more than um, I have. Somewhere, I own... Her self-titled album, I have no clue where it is because as I was packing up my CDs, I don't know where it was, but it was one of those ones that, like, I heard the song Teardrops on my guitar back, like, freshman year in college yeah, we while all working did. at Wendy's, and I was like, oh, this is, like, this is cute. I don't know what this is, and I bought the album, and um, I then kind of stopped paying attention to her. Like, uh, I know she has an album called Speak Now, and I know she has an album called Red, which, aside from whatever... Uh, singles off of it may have been shoved down my throat. I don't know anything about them. Okay. Um, I know 1989 is probably like her biggest album, and I know that has Shake It Off on yeah. and Blank Space on it. That's and the I one. Know that's the one. About that's the albums. one who, when I worked at Wendy's, I had two managers <clears throat> who would make me listen to that album. Yeah, I know nothing else about that album, so I have no real thoughts. I do know that I heard songs off of Reputation and Lover that I really, really enjoyed. And thank God we do not listen to, in, we're not alive in the age of vinyl records because I'd be really pissed if I'd have to listen to Look What You Made Me Do just to listen to So It Goes and Delicate. That would be infuriating. And that would probably make me hate it. So thank God for the fact that I am not like a full album listener. Yeah, I know. It is really it's... easy for me to just skip tracks because I don't care. Yeah, no, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, and. <coughs> And I probably do that more than you. There's plenty of albums I skip around probably I know. more than you think I, I just, do. But there I just are know that albums I, I love the full way through. I just know that I almost... I, Unless it's an album that I truly just love everything on and I put on as a vinyl record frequently. Uh, speaking of which, I just bought a new stylus for my record player. I listened to Supervision by LaRue on it, like, in its entirety the other day on vinyl and it was great. Um because <laughs> I know you, you love that album so I, much. It's my favorite, best of 2020. <laughs> so, Folklore, this album by Taylor Swift, is 
co-written by Aaron Dressner from the band The National. I don't know if you're familiar with them at all. I've heard the name. Uh, um, I don't know okay, if I've heard so their music. They, in my not-so-humble opinion, are one of the most boring bands around right now. Oh, good. I don't really understand how anyone is a fan of them, but to any real extent. Um, and this album very much reflects Aaron Dressner's style in a lot of ways. Uh, this album also has some things in it that are very reminiscent and, in fact, features the guy from Bon Iver, who is another artist who I... I oh my God, I cannot stand him. And I feel so bad because I have so many friends who are huge Bon Iver fans. And I... Oh, the first time I heard the original version of the song Skinny Love, because I knew a cover of it first... First time I heard the original one, I was so mad that it is so bad compared to the cover that I already knew and loved. But I know, okay, <laughs> no, okay, go ahead, go ahead. I was just say I I know that I've heard um, Boniver, and I know that we we have had coworkers who have subjected me to it. I can't remember uh, any of it. That's if you ask me, and honestly, just like knowing your tastes you're not gonna remember it. It's not very memorable unless that's a world that you're really, really into. Okay. Anyway, I will give... I will say this. Do I think Taylor Swift frequently is in that realm of you are in your 30s and you should probably have better things to sing about? Yes, I definitely think that about Taylor Swift very frequently. She comes off as very juvenile at times. I will say, and I will defend her for this, that when she wants to be, she is a really good storyteller. Okay, I yeah, think yeah. lyrically she tells stories incredibly, incredibly well. I can agree with that. I do not think this album is an exception. I think this album has some great, like, it has some great stories in it. Right off the bat, I can, uh, when I was listening to the one, I, I, I can appreciate the stripped down feel. Um, I kind of detest the idea of like the simple synthesized drum beat with like the laziest piano melody I've ever heard in my life. Welcome to the national. Okay. But, <laughs> but I, I didn't think the first couple songs were all that interesting. Even if I appreciated that she sounded like <clears throat> she was trying to build some atmosphere on them. Um, which I don't know. I, I, I like you, you said, she's been going in a different direction in her last couple albums, I suppose. Again, last thing I know, she was playing pop, and look what you made me do. Well, so, I mean, that was only two albums ago, which okay. she is, but, like, it's one of those deals where, like, okay, so this whole album is stylistically and aesthetically about the same. Yeah. Like most artists, you know, okay, so, like, the song, you know the song, Look What You Made Me Do. Yeah. It is surrounded by two songs that are much more stripped down and mellow. Right, and I mean, um, even that Kesha song earlier this year had, like, a couple songs that were very different than, you know, the other stuff on yeah, the album. like, so as I, an actual artist does, you know, they don't follow a single style and record an entire album of a single style. Not everybody is ACDC, you know? No, no. We can have some variety here, which, this album lacks variety, but this is a style of song that she's done before, and I think she's done it very well. All I was saying was, I've seen a lot of reviews and people talking about, like, oh, I can't believe, like, this is nothing like anything she's ever done, which just, like, is so blatantly not true. She's right. done songs very similar to this before. This is not crazy. She didn't release a reggae album. That would have made me go, what the hell's going on here? Like, Yeah. 
Well, and, and I mean, it's not something that's that's out of the realm of her listeners either. It's all fairly no. It's fairly safe indie with. I mean, there's indie pop. I'll say yeah, indie pop. Yeah, it is. Uh, because they all, they all have those really catchy choruses. And um, what I was getting at, the last great American <coughs> Dynasty is probably the first song on the album where I can like drop praise for the album. That song was a rabbit hole that I went down. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, so are, did you by any chance look into it at all, like, beyond just listening to it? Because I sure as hell did. I, I 100% know what it's about, but I'm going to let you go on your tirade for the listeners. It's not really a tirade. It was just like, I I was curious if she was referring to somebody in particular. Because, like, I don't know, I hear the phrase, the last great American dynasty, and I'm thinking, like, okay, like, what what is this? I don't know, like, who do we call American dynasties? And I'm, a, you know, if you were just to say to me out of context, like an American dynasty, I'm trying to think of, like, okay, let's see, like, what big families have been passing was, things down? Like, is this about the say, Waltons? Like, what is this? Well, I was gonna say, um, I know that this is not what the song <coughs> is about, but I thought that phrase was used to describe John F. Kennedy. Oh, I mean, I, I have no idea. Maybe I could that, be 100% wrong, but I thought that was, that was, like, if that's a a, thing after that his assassination, I, it was, like, there goes the last great American dynasty or something. That very well may have been a thing that was said. Um, by most accounts, this song is, however, about a woman named Rebecca West Harkness, who previously owned one of the houses, like one of the mansions that Taylor Swift lives in currently. And there's just a lot of lyrics in this song that kind of like match up with this woman correctly. Like, there's a line about dying a pet, lime green. Supposedly that was actually a thing that happened. Um, there's a line in there about filling bath or filling swimming pools with champagne. Apparently, again, that was a thing that potentially actually happened. So basically, this Rebecca West Hartness woman married a man named William Hale, who I didn't I, I don't remember who it is, and I thought I had it written down. I'm not seeing it. Um, family owned an oil company, and obviously, like he, so he died. Obviously, she then inherited the house, the money, whatever. I thought this was actually really cool because a lot of the song is kind of coming from the perspective of the neighborhood who yeah. hates this like insane eccentric woman who lives in this house. So she keeps repeating the lines like the maddest woman this town has ever seen who had a marvelous time ruining everything. And yeah. the song ends with that line being slightly changed to the loudest woman this town has ever seen. I had a marvelous time ruining everything. And Swift lives in the house that this woman used to live in. Yeah. That's super cool to me. <laughs> like, I I, have, I give her so much credit. Again, this is a great example of, like, storytelling songwriting, which I think she's phenomenal with. And like I said, that was that was one of the songs on here, and the first song that, I, that was on this album that actually I was really impressed by. Yeah, I mean, she definitely has stuff where I can look at it and go, that was that was a good line. That was a good song. She told a like, good that story. Was I think she I think she does best when she's not singing about the one thing she likes to sing about the most. <laughs> what she's most known for, which is poorly gone relationships. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that... again, and that actually makes it more frustrating to me because there are so many breakup songs on this album. Can I say, though, I will give this album credit in that there's, like... So there are, like, a lot of breakup songs on it, but there's a couple songs that really stood out to me, and after doing a little bit of reading, I found out that there's 
I'm assuming intentional. I don't think she's made a statement on it yet. There's three songs on here that people are referring to as the the oh my god they're calling it the trilogy of something and I had it's like the summer trilogy or something <clears throat> or something like there's that. like I the know summer love about. trilogy or or the oh the teenage love trials love triangle story okay that's not what the I saw songs, called but I know what you're talking about the songs Car- cardigan August and Betty are apparently part of this little story so like it is partially a breakup story but it's from someone else's perspective which I think is really cool to see from her like she's just telling a story. In a way, I kind of appreciate that. First off, um, I think all of the songs are from a different person's perspective. In the, yeah, in the, I, believe in the it's, I believe it's from three people in this love triangle. And, and from what I've seen, people decided that the the last song, Betty, was was like a bisexual song. And she's like come out and straight up said that it's like the guy singing to the to the girl that he was cheating on. Yeah, I've heard, I, I've I, like, I've seen that again. I don't think she's made an official statement on it, so I'm not really sure. But. I just, I just didn't want her to have that that credit out there if that's not the case. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. Um, from from what I've seen of her, that actually wouldn't surprise me if she would go out of her way to write a story like that. So that's that. Seems I wouldn't be surprised, but I also, I, I mean. I don't know. She might just be kind of trying to protect part of her fan base. I'm sure she knows that the people who wouldn't like that are in it in some on some level. Starting out in country but, music, I'm but sure again, she, I'm sure there would be people with something to say. Yeah, there, there probably would be, but I think she has definitely veered away from like really. She doesn't seem to care a whole lot about her. I oh my god, I hate to say this because it's the name of her one album, but her reputation, right? Um, I think she genuinely is trying to be much more like honest about who she is as a person, but this is me getting tabloidy and I don't really want to dig into that too much. I don't either. Regardless, I, either. I think these I think those three songs were really cool together and there's a couple cute little like tie ins. Like in the song Cardigan, there's the line standing in your cardigan, kissing in my car again. But in the song, um 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 Oh, and that that was in the song Betty. And I'm assuming that's referencing the cardigan mentioned in the song cardigan like i think that's just i i i it's a it's a play on words that you really appreciate and i appreciate the tie-ins of these multiple songs um the song exile is the one that features uh justin vernon from bonnie vare so i unfortunately went into it with a very strong negative bias anyway even though it's totally harmless i think i've seen this film before and i didn't like the ending you're not my homeland anymore so what am i defending now you were my town now i'm in exile seeing you out i think i've seen this film before i say i thought it was fine i thought he did fine i don't nothing really stood out but it was you know if i could say the word fine that would describe a lot of this album yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on that. I'll be honest. Um, I'm a little sad that the song Seven was in fact track seven, but I also know full well at the same time that if song seven were track eight, I'd be sitting here complaining that they didn't make the song called Seven Track Seven. So it's kind of a lose lose situation. However, I've been meaning to tell you that I think your house is haunted is one of my favorite lines I've ever heard, and that's from the song Seven. Okay. Did you catch that line? Yeah, it's I did. So yeah, awkward. I did. It's a good. It's actually not a bad line. I don't <laughs> think I, she's a bad writer. That's the thing that pisses me off. I get so annoyed because I do think that she can write, and I do think that 
you know, she has talent. I don't want to, I mean, I, I, I joke about a lot of people, but I don't want to actually criticize anyone or say that anyone shouldn't be doing what they're doing. Like I joke about that kind of shit, but like for real, anyone going up there and, and performing in front of people every night has more balls than I do. Um, and I definitely don't want to ruin anyone's enjoyment of the music. If they like this or they want to interpret it how they, how they want, that's fine. But I, I just, there's something about like an album with 16 songs and like maybe six aren't about breakups. And this is like her 10th album. That's mostly about breakups where I start to like, my eye starts twitching. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. I get that this is this is a time tested um, um, writing style for her, and you know, d- g- go ahead, do it, make money. But it, I don't know. it works. It works, and it's what she knows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. D- I mean, keep going for it. But I mean, I, I would have hoped that that with I know not necessarily trying something new, but trying a full album in kind of a more stripped down style, um, there could be a little bit more variety. I, mean, I think I could say that about her in general, but again, let's be honest here, we are not her target demographics. So no. The whole point in this is trying to find redeeming qualities in it, which I think there definitely are some. I just had to point out my favorite lyric here, even though overall I think the track 7, I think song 7 isn't... It's not phenomenal in any way. It's a cute song. It's fine. I just really, really enjoyed that uh, that that lyric. Real quick, you made me think of something that I want to bring up slightly side tangent here i know we both say a lot of like really awful negative things about some artists and it's all in it's all it's all in the context of trying to put out something that's not just straight us talking and there's some jokes in and and something there's a definite level of just like poking fun at things yeah so i want to point out because more and more i'm i'm seeing them and it's it's just making me laugh we really ripped on the band hounds Oh my god! Um, yeah, which like, and I think we even both kept saying is like, there's we're both excited to see more of what they're gonna do. Did I tell you that they follow me on Instagram? Yeah, you did. Okay, so more and more, like I'm obviously now following them, and I think they followed me because I posted about the band Sabotage. Every Saturday they do like Sabotage Saturday, and they post stuff about Sabotage or them covering Sabotage songs. Wait, wait, <laughs> you mean to like tell the- me that hounds are fans of Sabotage? They seem like the coolest dudes in the world. Oh, and every I'm sure. time I see one of their posts, I feel so bad because I remember that they're the band that I literally laughed out loud because I thought their lead singer was a dog. <laughs> um, but like more and more I keep seeing their posts on social media and I'm just like, "Oh my god, you guys are so cool though." <laughs> so like again, I'm just saying every negative thing we say unless I don't know. There, I take that back. There are times I'm being pretty honest about my total distaste for things. You want me to say David time. Bowie now or later? I was, <laughs> I was gonna say, my distaste for David Bowie is pretty genuine. <laughs> All right, the Mirror, best song is probably Mirror Ball, right? I actually have literally nothing written about that song, so no. <laughs> Honestly, um, I really like it because when I first heard the chorus. I heard I'll be standing on my toilet's tiptoes.
Good. Good, I'm glad. Do you know the song now? Yeah, I, I, I remember it. I have nothing written. Like, it meant... It didn't really do anything to me. It's it's in that category of, like, this song is totally fine. I really, like, my... I really like this one, but I only like it from Taylor Swift because even though it's about a boy, it's not that sad. I'm gonna say, I think my favorite song off of this actually is This Is Me Trying. Just because it is that breed of, like, super upfront first-person lyrics thing that I get really into, I really dig, and I love the lines. They told me all of my cages were mental, so I got wasted like all my potential. My god, that is That is good. a really and good that line. Is, that, that is also frustratingly close to home. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. Um, my god, like, it's, I just think that's a, I think that's just a, such a, such a great song. And yeah. again, go back, to, I really like the the teenage love story triangle thing. I liked that a lot. I thought that was cute. There are some really there are some really gems of lines on this album and there are some songs that I don't hate. There is some stuff. I mean, if someone put this on, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Whereas if I was out and I heard Look What You Made Me Do, I would probably um I don't know, yeah, just yeah. leave. <laughs> Look just, What You Made Me Do is frustratingly bad as a night ruiner it is it is insultingly bad and that is one of the songs that like i want to jump in the head of someone who's a genuine fan of it and i i want to be able to wrap my head around why because i hear it it is just grating but that song also i know we've talked about this before she has the whole like you know taylor no, she can't come to the phone right now the old, what is it, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because she's dead. I will always hate that, like, that trope concept of, oh, well, the old me's gone, this is the new me. Like, stop, you're the same person. And what you need to do is is admit to yourself that you don't like who you were or what you did and grow up and move on. Stop with the whole the old me is dead shit. That's one of the moments that makes me go like, oh my god, Taylor, like I know you were famous when you were like 16 and I hope you got whatever emotional things you needed to sort it out because that is coming from such a place of, again, to use your phrase, emotionally stuntedness. Oh, that, that thought process is so, so frustrating to me. And it's so... It's so bafflingly unhealthy to have that kind of mentality. And for as long as as she's been writing songs like that. Well, I think that was just kind of part of, like, who she is. Of just, like, the whole, oh, I'm gonna, uh, you know, like, I'm gonna kill the old version of me. Like, that is, that is so... And I don't even mean this from, like, a pop star perspective. I mean this, like, if you just, like, know a person who maybe did bad things in their life or went through awful things, like, the mentality of, oh, that version of me isn't me anymore, I'm changing who I am, is so unhealthy for you, as opposed to growing and learning and evolving as a person to B become building a on top person. of Building on top of your past experiences rather than trying yes. to bury them. Yes. Yeah. That is so. So not it's, only it's better to make be... peace with what you've done in the past yes. and say I don't want to do those things anymore. Then I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. So not only is "Look What You Made Me Do" just a dreadful song, it also just perpetuates that type of thinking. To let's face it, her audience is is primarily younger, 
And I just, that's just one of those things. I'm just like, just please don't like, please don't. You're a role model. Please be better than this for your fans. You, you, you need, and they deserve better than this. But I think this album doesn't do anything that's particularly offensive to me. This album, I think, was totally fine. I really enjoyed some of the songs. Again, I like the the love story. Um, and I like there's a lot of just, like, handful of gems here and there. There are a handful of songs in here that have made, it their, have made their way onto various other Spotify playlists of mine. Um, it really did make me think, though, again, going back to the, tri- the, the, the love triangle story and then just some of the other songs. I kind of always wonder with her because it's pretty obvious how many of her songs are about specific relationships and because of who she is in the world of pop culture, we kind of all know who some of these songs are about, whether we want to or not, and whether she wants us to or not. But it really makes me wonder if some of these songs are based on real stories or real events, because a lot of these are obviously coming from the perspective of someone who's like a teenager. So I just really want to know, like, I mean, not that it really matters. I just want to know, like, I don't know, is Betty a person that she knows? Is Betty based on a person that she knows? It's like there's not to bring up intentionally one of her famous public ex-relationships, but John Mayer a handful of years ago released a song called Dear Marie, which has the lines, Remember me, I'm the boy you used to love when you were 15. And the song goes on to say you know, he occasionally like looks for her online and can't find her. It makes me wonder, like, is this really a person? Like, was there, maybe not the name Marie, but, like, was there, like, this girl that John dated as a teenager that he occasionally tries to find? Like, I want to know how genuine some of these stories are. Not that it changes the song to me, not that it makes it better or worse. I just think it's interesting to think about, like, oh, that's right. You were just a person once upon a time who lived a normal, stupid teenage life like the rest of us did and probably regret. Do you have anything else you want to say about Taylor Swift? Because I, I, I would I'm love to say more about Taylor Swift, but there's so little to say about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. The music is fine. I appreciate that she went on a more dialed back style. Uh, the, the whole club pop music isn't my scene, so I can at least... This gives me a little bit more of something I can tolerate listening to for an hour or whatever. I don't. I wouldn't mind if someone put this on in the car. Some of the lyrics are really good. Some of the songs are really good. But I, at the end of the day, I kind of, um, I would compare this to, uh, you know, those packets of like vitamin flavoring, like Kool Aid shit that you put in water and <laughs> you drink it and it kind of tastes mostly like water with a little bit of lemon. This is the musical version of that. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I think in most cases when we get into the more pop realm, I definitely like it a lot more than you do. I don't love this album. I I think it's great. I think it's great that we got a, another quarantine album out of her, and especially for her fans. This is... I, I've been seeing it get a lot of really good reviews. I know people who I know personally who are fans of Taylor Swift have all just adored this album. I think that's awesome and, I and more power awesome to them because came... if you if, if you're if if a musician that you like is putting something out during this quarantine that's fucking great i yeah, I, I think that we should this is a great time for art because we can't go see it live so we might as well get some studio albums out of it i embrace that and and honestly this is probably the most listenable taylor swift album i've heard out of the three that i've heard yeah and I, I mean, again, like, I think this is great for her fans. I, I think it was an enjoyable experience for me. I, it was totally fine. I do think as far as the whole, like, 
releasing art during this quarantine issue. I think this is a, a really great example of here's a thing that happened because of it. Obviously, I know all musicians would rather be on the road. I know she was supposed to be on tour right now. I know this past week I have been refunded for three separate concerts that I bought tickets for. Yes, it's kind of nice that I have the money back, but you know where I would have rather been was those three concerts. But all things considered, if this is what the world currently is and fans of hers got this new album out of nowhere, like that's very, very cool. And I think this is a very cool album for what it is. It definitely makes me curious what her next album is going to be like. I don't know if this is a random tangent for her, if she's going to go back to something maybe a little more bombastic periodically. I, I don't know. We're going to see. She's evolved quite a bit over her 15-ish year career so far. I enjoyed this album. It's not phenomenal. I give it 400 houses out of 7. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to roll with four because I was actually, I thought you would say higher and I was going to say five, but you know well, what? Well, I gave it four out of four. But I gave it 400 houses out of seven. As oh. in, as in, oh. I've been mean to tell you that I think your house is haunted from song seven. Very good. Okay, so. So I don't um, know what the percentage comes out to because I'm really bad at math. I'm giving it out of a 10, like a six, I guess. Six or that's seven. That's fine. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to go four or five <coughs> out of, out of 10. Didn't love it. Yeah. No, I didn't love it, but let's be honest here. We are not her demographic. Like, no, 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 no. I, that, I, and that's totally I 100, fine. I 100% agree with that, and that's probably I am, fine score. I am not offended by this album in any way, shape, or form. No. It's it's the least offensive thing I've heard her put out. During the following Static X conversation, I say some stuff that's not entirely accurate. So, at the end, um, I have some corrections. Also, I like the fact that I'm... Um, uh, search related to my current Google search are things like Bert and Ernie gayest moments. Are Bert and Ernie monsters? Well, Ernie's a monster. <laughs> we know about evil Ernie. We've seen that Taliban foot. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about, Chris? I think we're talking about the Muppets. Can we talk about how bad <laughs> Kermit's new voice is? That's really way more important than Static X Project Regeneration Volume 1. I don't like the way you said any of that. <laughs> but did you hear no, Kermit's new voice? I did. Look, I don't want to talk about. I do not want to talk about Kermit's voice actors because that you know my my buddy Alvin from college. You've met him a handful of times now. He um first off he does a a really great like Kermit voice. It's it's pretty impressive. I dig it. And obviously our our buddy does too. He does it's a really funny. Yeah, he does. Um. It's like, listen, I don't. I have had so many conversations, and like, I have spent so much time comparing all of the people who have done Kermit's voice. There's been like three, and two are fine. I am aware. Well, and I just like other impersonators, or like this person did Kermit's voice for a video oh, game, on like a parody, like, or for like video like, game. Okay, just anything. Like, there's tons of of semi-official, let's say, voices. Um, listen. I don't want to talk about it because I'm going to tell you right now, no, I'm not super into the current voice. That being said, we're going to go back to what I said before about Taylor Swift being a pop singer and Leonard Skinner not being Ronnie's band. If this guy sticks around for long enough, get over it, everybody. That's Kermit's voice, whether you like it or not. No. Whether it's the voice no. you grew up I'm, with or I'm not, thumbs, I don't care. That's I'm thumbs not downing this opinion. You can thumbs, thumbs down, down, down in this opinion. Not really, 
that's not really up to you to decide. Like, here's the thing. Here's here, okay. Around. Okay. Listen, hold on. Hold on. If he sticks around, there is a generation of children that is the voice they will know. No, I'm, I'm Thomas downing that opinion because he hasn't done in my, to 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 what I've seen enough major appearances. He has no movie appearances. He has they're doing they're doing one TV. I know you said if he sticks around long enough. There is still time to save Kermit's voice. Oh, okay. There's still time for a redemption here, but like, let's be honest here. People who did Kermit's voice are eventually going to die. Well, this one can't do it soon enough. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, speaking <laughs> of people who are going to die or have, um, we also listened to Static X's first or new album called. Rege- Project Regeneration Volume 1. Uh, Static X originally fronted by a man named Wayne Static. Is Static actually his real last name? I didn't think to look at that. I'm sure anyway. it's not. This is the most conflicted I've ever been as to <laughs> leave something in or not. <laughs> no, you need to leave that whole thing in because I just used it as a transition, which, yes, that was fully intentional. You have to leave us talking about Kermit in because I riffed on it. So, Static X. Wayne Richard was... Wells is, was his, is his birth name. Okay. Wayne Static was the name he went by, originally fronted it. He passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago. It was a mixture of prescription drugs, I believe, correct? Yes. Okay. So there's now going on, there's kind of a weird, like, ethics and moral wait, 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 issue. Wait, wait, kind of I, like... I was going to say, can I, can I do this? Because um, I got to write the word aughts in this script, and I never get to say the word aughts. Only if you use you saying, wait, 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 can I do this? Because I got to use the word aughts as like our cold open. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> okay, go for it. You can describe because you might explain the situation better than I can anyway. So Static but X. You also somehow you also somehow need to leave leave me in my Kermit rant in. Just saying. Like that needs to happen. That's fine. I'll figure it all out. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna forget I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out all of this in post and, and I will turn this fucking trash heap into the best podcast I can, as I do every okay. week. So, Static X, if you aren't familiar, were an alternative new metal band for that had some decent commercial success in the early aughts. The lead singer Wayne Static broke up the band in like 2010, and he started a completely different lineup in 2012. And for a few interviews, um, he basically said that he didn't want to work with the old lineup again. Then he broke up that band in 2013 and died a year after that from an overdose. And I just I have some of the clips from the interviews that I just kind of like, I wanted to skim and read because I think, Oh, okay. I think it's important to contextualize this from as many angles as possible because clearly from the band and what the band says and the fans point of view, they're doing this out of a respect for Wayne Static's music and legacy, but it's kind of weird to see that on the flip side, Tony Campos, who is the bass player, who was the bass player for the original lineup for Static X, him and Wayne were not on talking terms when Wayne died. They were not speaking to each other. Oh. And Wayne Static has said has said stuff. I'm going to read you a couple clips from some of these interviews. We're starting slow, and I don't have the Static X name anymore. This is when he was uh, touring under his solo project as just Wayne Static. I made a deal with Tony, my old bass player, last year. 
He's the only legal Static X member besides me. I paid him a bunch of money last year to use the name, and he's just a greedy motherfucker. He hates me to death. He's trying to gouge the shit out of me. I tried. I made him an offer to give him 25% of my net profits, and he refused it. He wants his outrageous number. He goes on to say, he doesn't want to play in Static X, though. I gave him an, I gave him an opportunity. I asked him, do you want to play on tour with us? He said no. I said, okay, well, you less use the name? He said no. He's basically telling me, fuck you. And I said, and I'm thinking, at least my name is Wayne Static, and people know who I am. I'm not some, ju- I'm not just some jack off bass player that used to be in a band called Static X. Fuck you. Um, the, 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 I know the interviewer went on to say, has there been any communication with Tony since last November? And Wayne said, I tried to reach out with him at the end of 2012 when I had to cancel the end of the tour because my hernia was so bad I couldn't play anymore. And I said, this is a good deal we've got going. If you give me some time off, I'll get my surgery and heal up. And he basically uh, told me to fuck off and keep paying me or the deal is done. Tony now plays for Soulfly, by the way. So that's another wrap-in for that Oh, interesting. Um, and then there's another interview where he says, Apparently Campos was pissed off at me because I said in, in a Static X interview that we were never like all great buddies and friends and all that kind of stuff and we never hung out. So he told me, since we're not friends, why should I help you? Why should I give a fuck? It's business, dude. And that's the truth. We weren't friends. We never hung out. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of bands like that. The last email Tony sent me, he said he spoke, he hopes we never talk again. And I said, believe me, this is the last you'll ever hear from me. And that's the way we left, and it sucks. And then I have another clip from an interview where uh, basically uh, – the interviewer asked if he ever, if Tony ever had the opportunity to sit down with with Wayne and work out their differences, and uh, he said no. Unfortunately, that never hap- happened. Had Wayne gotten clean, or at least said, "Hey, man, I need help getting clean" or something, I would have been there for him for that. But he's stuck in his world, and no one could reach him. Oh, oh, oof. Okay, so can I just say first off, one of the things I wrote was so there's some shit going on with the band and i'm not really sure what all of it is can you explain that better and you certainly did <laughs> well there's there's more stuff that i can i can get into because um last year the the members uh the members of static x you know the one wayne didn't want to work with again reformed the band as a tribute and immediately there were three camps there were those who thought the tribute was a good way to remember wayne static's legacy there were those who thought it was disrespectful for for people who you know Wayne had said he no longer wanted to work with to try to cash in on the band's legacy and there was the group that said is that the guy with the Slim Jim hair he's dead right <laughs> I, I mean yeah I mean well first off let's let's like let's be real here I think you even said they had some fame once upon a time uh, they they weren't particularly relevant when, when he passed away. they were notable um near the beginning or during the first like two or three albums yeah. wisconsin death and, trip definitely yeah in, in the realm of like this breed of of industrial new metal alternative rock stuff like they're notable and people know who they are but as far as like actual outside of that notoriety not not anything in particular well so the re- the reunion tour commences and they have a lead singer who is anonymous and it's is he's credited as zero with an x but he's definitely not he's definitely not ed so dope from the band dope i don't know who it is i don't know who they put under that wayne static looking creepy ass uh slim jim hair mask that's that's the worst part is the fact that they have him wearing a mask with a wig that 
I don't care if anyone tries to deny it. It looks like it's trying to be Wayne Static, and it's creepy. And I don't care who you are. I think it's unbearably disrespectful. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, but there's one more piece um, of controversy that I want to. I want to get over so that we can just talk about the music. Sure. There's one more elephant in the room, and his name okay. is Trip Eisen, and he's an elephant that who likes underage girls allegedly. So, oh, we get to the new album. We get to the new album, and it's comprised mostly of of stuff that Wayne Static recorded and never used. So it's kind of like, you know, a leftovers album. But there's um. There's more controversy because another former member who is worth mentioning named Trip Eisen. Um, all I'll say about him is he denies knowing the age of the girls. And even though it was two separate occasions, I guess he didn't learn from the first time to ask some questions. Um, but he's credited under, under another pseudonym because obviously you don't want the name on the inside of your record. He's credited for three songs, but he claims he and Wayne more or less wrote all of the music on the new album. He like claims he wrote he had a part in all 12 songs and that um, the rest of the band altered it so that they wouldn't have to pay him. And Edsel Dope, who again, not Zero, even though he did produce the album and he has some direct links to the band, Edsel Dope is not Zero with an X. No. But he basically said, fuck off, Wayne hated you, and so do I. So with all of this oh, chaos, God. with all of this chaos, all of That's this nightmare, we finally get... Uh, Project Regeneration Volume 1. Thank God there's going to be two parts, because maybe, you know, there will be something else to keep us entertained in this uh, quarantine nightmare. Oh, man. Uh, okay, I did not know the vast majority of that. Woof. Okay, that is... That is an oof with two capital O's. Um, shit, I don't even know where to begin. How about you begin? Because I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a momentary lapse of brain power here. So, anyways, boy, that's new Static X album. Sure, sounds like a Static X album. <laughs> um. Okay. So yeah, here. Let me let me gather my thoughts. My let me gather my emotions here. So I just. Before I really dig into anything else, I just want to say, first off, there's a few things here that I think are really bizarre. If I read this correctly, and from what it sounds like, this sounds like it's probably right. Zero, with an X, and a zero, apparently, from what I've seen. Like, it's X-E-R, zero, not O. Again, you want to talk about poor, like, stylistic choices, uh, get over it. Stop it. Stop it with that. You know who else made a bad stylistic choice? with a name that really bothered me, was our buddies in Apocalyptica. With Cell Zero or Cello. Sir, God, I sir, I believe they're banned <laughs> from discussing on this podcast. I'm going to have to ask you to, to reread rules number one and one. <laughs> anyway, bad stylistic choices aside, from what I've seen, the tracks pretty much alternate between who the lead vocalist is, whether it's one of the takes that Wayne did before he passed away, or one by Zero. It um, looks it looks like they definitely handed off most of the uh, most of the work to Wayne Static's um, reserve of, of unused as, tapes, as and much they used, as and they used Zero for some backing vocals, and also on the last track they have Al Jorgensen, who um, very interestingly was one of the people who before. 
they appeared on stage with this new singer who no one has ever heard of named Zero. Um, he was in the talks for someone who the fans thought would do a really good job of doing Wayne Static songs. Because I think he would. Yeah. And uh, if you don't know, he's from Ministry. Great band. I'll say in all fairness, I think he actually would pull it off very well. I agree. Um, but no, I mean, like, legitimately from what I've seen, it almost, like, I think what I read was, like, track two is, is Wayne on lead vocals. Track three, I think, was both. But then, like, track four was zero. Track five was Wayne. Track six was zero. Track seven was Wayne. Like, I think for the most part, that's actually how the album goes. So, little preface here. I was never a huge Static X fan. I do own a couple albums, and there were definitely a handful of songs that I really, really dug. So some of this was just, like, kind of super nostalgic for me just because it's it's so Static X. There's no surprises here, really. It sounds like Static X. I think I will say this album has the coolest intro possible. The first track is called Regeneration, and it begins with just, like, this quote, the unexpected thing tragedy gifts us is the opportunity to rebuild. And then it breaks into this very, like, 90s industrial electronic jam this like nine inch nails crystal method sounding thing that builds for like a minute i think it's like a minute long and then it cuts straight into the second track called a hollow i had i had one gripe with the intro and i don't think it's a big one but it's kind of okay they they were they were aiming kind of low with using the the sound clip with from i'm with stupid it kind of felt like i get the reference because they, they reuse one of the clips from I'm With Stupid. I mean, it's not a big deal, but I was like... It's a little on the nose, yeah. A little on the nose, but I, yeah. But I, think, but I think, like, musically, I think it's a really great intro to this album. And I think Hollow has not a super creative riff, but it is just such a big, powerful riff. Well, I, just, I, wanted to, I wanted to get the criticism of the intro out before we talked about the actual yeah. music on the album. But yeah. you're right, I really do like that opening line. Well, I mean, the, the intro track overall leading into track two, like, pr- really had me pumped, honestly. Like, I put this album on for the first time, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm into this. Like, I'm already into this. This is just It really certainly cool. sets this the exactly, tone. It's what I wanted to hear seeing the name Static X. It was just pretty cool to see and, and to hear again. Um, a few things, again, like, I was never a huge Static X fan, but I was a big enough fan but I just probably haven't listened to them in God knows how many years now. I always forget how much Wayne Static sounds like Jonathan Davis when he wanted to. That is that is one of my notes, so thank you for bringing it up. I always, I mean, because like, I knew that, and when I heard it again, I was just like, oh yeah, that is a thing. But they did the same like nasally sneering style singing but then also like the very percussive, like barking, screamed vocals. John Davis is fully capable of doing that exact same style, and they sound similar enough. Which man, new metal's a weird genre. Is kind of really all I want to say. Like what a what a weird era for music. I gotta say that that Stat, uh, Wayne Static's clean vocals sound almost exactly like Jonathan Davis's, and I didn't know that that much because like when I listen to Static X. Um, I, I, Static X isn't something I go to a ton by myself. I listen to Static X because I have a lot of friends in my life who have listened to Static X. So I, again, I normally that's something that other people put on. I don't have a problem with it, and every once in a while I'll put it on myself. But 
most of my Static X listening has been through listening to it with other people. Um, okay. But he, he sounds exactly like Jonathan, Jonathan Davis when this King Davis. It's almost eerie. So, what's actually really funny is, um, I mean, my my introduction. Sorry for anyone who is offended by this kind of concept, but my introduction to like heavy metal that wasn't like classic rock based was in the early two thousands, and it was like, you know, well, first off, like most suburban white kids like Lincoln Park, but then like, let's face it, Slipknot. They were big. They were in your face. I knew people who listened to them. I didn't have a choice. I, I, I heard a lot of Slipknot once upon a time. And my brother was a big fan of Korn. And then one day he was either just listening to it or he had me listen to. I don't remember which way this went. But I heard the song Shadow Zone off of Static X's album Shadow Zone. And I thought it was Korn. A band that I didn't really know. Like, I was, like, familiar with Korn. Not really a fan, though, but I knew who they were. I legitimately thought it was thought it was Korn at first. So I just kind of forgot how much Wayne's, like, cleaner vocals remind me of John Davis. Because, my God, they do. It's, it is it is almost eerie. Well, your brother is, is the person who made me real, really realize he listen, He sounds like Jonathan <clears throat> Davis. Because yeah. back, back when I listened to them, I mean... I had friends who listened to it all, all through high school, so I was familiar with things up through Cannibal, but I had never listened to Cult of Static, uh, which came out okay. later. But, like, <coughs> most of the people I knew put on Wisconsin Dreth- Death Trip or Machine. Yeah. And that was, like, that was what they put on repeat. And, like, I, I think I had heard Shadow Zone maybe one time before I started hanging out with your brother. Um, and now I've heard it several times. I know he's... I know he's a big fan of that album. I know I actually owned that album. It was the first Static X album I ever heard or knew or whatever. Well, before I broke um, my foot, your brother came to me and was like, you should listen to the new Static X album. So, Oh, interesting. Yeah, that, that's actually kind of like what made me think about doing it for, for this. Oh, for interesting. Okay. I actually have no clue what his thoughts are on it. I'm going to have to talk to him about it sometime. Um, I think he basically said what... What we're, like about, what, what we're probably both going to get into here. Okay. So, once again, if I could just use the word fine, that might be the review. Yeah. I have a couple things I want to say about it here. Um, But again, man, I just, I I listened to this album a few times now, and just, again, new metal is weird. Like, I forgot how, like, samey, first off, new metal can be, but I, listening to this, I kind of really was trying to, like, think of what about that was, like, why that sameness kept coming to mind and I'm listening to the song uh, called Worth Dying For which first off this that chorus has like a great hook that chorus is catchy as hell but it has the lyrics
Uh, let me see here. No, you won't. No, you got. No, you take. No, you steal my life. You want to take it. There's no hope. There is no survival. Give me something worth dying for, I think is what the lyrics were. The, the Typical of the style, the lyrics are a lot of just like half sentences. I don't know what the deal is. But the way he says no survival, he stresses the syllables very bizarrely. And if this were, like, he put, like, stress on all three syllables. Like, there's a lot of stress on the vol in survival, which is weird. And if it were done by, like, Tool or Coheed and Cambria, I'd be sitting here going, my god, I hate how they do that. Can't they just, you know, write a better line that fits the music better and quit trying to come off as interesting and unique when it's not unique or interesting? It just sounds tacky. Except for some reason in this context, it didn't bother me. It felt so natural. And I think why that is, is because they were so worried about it sounding rhythmic and percussive. And that's so much of like this vocal style when he's not doing his like sneering style vocals. His shout scream style vocals are very rhythmic very very, per- very rhythmic very percussive this i was gonna say he's been band. he's really been doing that since like since wisconsin death trip you listen oh to yeah shit. he's like corrosive tainted by my sin i'm spilling blood and i can hardly contain it yeah the whole band is a rhythm section like you can't say like oh i really love the rhythm section of that band you know bill warden geezer butler are a phenomenal bassist and drummer like they're a solid rhythm section like no this band is a rhythm section keyboards vocals drums bass everything it is a rhythm section and it is huge and it is in your face and it's really really cool when wayne static sings he he like handles everything one syllable at a time and he delivers that syllable he's a, he's a snare drum like he's not a singer like i really I, I could not listen to it anymore without thinking like he's not a singer he is part of the rhythm section here he just happens to be using his voice to do it and he'll attack the and shit it, out of every syllable and I still won't know yeah. what he's saying it's well yeah that's why I wasn't entirely sure about the quote that I just gave even though I looked up the lyrics I'm not so sure on them half the time um it's super cool honestly I'm I'm gonna be real with you here I was really I actually really love Wayne Static's uh, singing style and that's one of the things that it's kind of is it is kind of nice to see something else put out with his name on it because he is a he is a very unique singer he has a very interesting way of um, he's a very unique singer who in almost all ways keeps reminding me of Jonathan Davis because let's face it especially early on Jonathan Davis doing his like bark singing is the same way it's very it's very percussive in in your face this is this is true <clears throat> i think wayne probably is better at that specific aspect of it though. has a very specific way of like i said attacking each syllable whereas jonathan davis will kind of he'll hold things longer and he'll he'll yell a little bit more whereas wayne static really is like yeah it's 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 really 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 cool i don't know if i'm projecting what i'm trying to say the way i want to say it but i mean i know what you're saying but i also think there's like a kind of bias there because obviously i had also just listened to this album so i'm not sure how that's going to cross over if anyone else listens to this but hopefully they get it if not basically what i'm trying to say is that his clean voice sounds like jonathan davis but his delivery is unique especially when he's doing the shouting parts of the song um 
Yeah. Uh, okay. So another another thing here, another song that I want to specifically talk about here is Terminator Oscillator, which first off is uh, one of the dumbest titles I think I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just I I can't get over it. But I believe again, if I if I read this all correctly, this is the first song on the album that is primarily zero on vocals. Um, and this song naturally you know, has a, another, like, sampled quote here. It begins with the whole, you know, gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology quote from, uh, what is that, Million Dollar Man, right? So, again, we're getting into this theme of, like, rebuilding. Again, the quote on, on the opening track, on that intro track, and then this quote here. This whole album kind of keeps alluding to, like, we're gonna start the band up again, which, knowing everything we discussed... Uh, I have a lot of mixed emotions on that because I don't necessarily agree that they should be doing it. Yeah, and again, it's one of those things we've talked about moving on without your lead singer before. But when he's that much of a symbol of the band and he has... I mean, obviously everyone in the band wrote... I think everyone in the band contributed on some level. But it, it seems to be that Wayne Static was the lead songwriter and probably wrote most of the vocals and lyrics himself i think i think my biggest part is the obvious on record dislike they all had for each other and yet the band is coming at this from a public perspective of we're doing it for wayne like bullshit like no that is absolute bullshit and you know it and i know it and quite frankly any fan that doesn't know it i'm judging you I'm very genuinely judging you because I think this is so obviously not a Wayne tribute. If they were coming right out and saying, we're going to continue the band without them, I'd, have a, I'd at least have more respect for them for being honest. I, I want to I be on record that I don't know um, the other two members, Koichi Fukuda, I hope I'm saying that name right, and Ken Jay, um, the, the guitarist and the drummer. I have no idea where they're at in this because the main fallout was between Tony Campos and, and um, Wayne Stout. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he seems to be the one kind of leading the charge on this on this uh, reunion. And that feels a little weird considering that, uh, you know, the two never made up and they had some very strong words for each other in public. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. But I, but so I don't want to make any assumptions as to where the other two members are coming from with this. And I don't know where... Uh, their their new vocalist is coming from with that with this it just seems very strange that uh tony campos is i i mean on like a public record i think it's it's weird that they're publicly coming at this as like a tribute act essentially and again i think the mask that i don't care what they say it is intentionally made to look like wayne static and unless someone specifically says that they want their likeness used in a manner like that, I think it's horribly disrespectful. And it's very sad because I think Wayne Static's, like, wife died a year before him, right? I do not know. Because his wife overdosed too, I believe. And I don't I don't know if there's anyone who is, like, a part of Wayne Static's, you know, estate like that could say speak. that they want to, you know, do a <sighs> cease and desist. That unfortunately, I I have no idea. I do not know that. So I don't I, know. I I, I cannot imagine um, Wayne Static would be thrilled that someone was wearing a mask with you know the likeness of his hair and face, uh, almost kind of looking like um like like, <clears throat> like the the 
black metal corpse paint on. Yeah. I don't know. It's very strange. Very, very weird. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's very strange. I know we've talked before when we were talking about Sepultura, like the 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 ethics and morals behind doing this kind of thing. And... It feels even weirder because at least the former you know singer for for Sepultura is alive and can you know state how he feels. He could about make it. public statements about it if he wanted to. This is literally using the image and now the voice and lyrics of a dead man. Which I I don't know the legal background of this, but it feels weird. This is genuinely they're taking stuff out of out of out of you know off of tapes that he didn't plan to release, and perhaps for good reason. Maybe he didn't think it was up to par or whatever. But you know we don't know why these were shelved. It feels a little weird and a little dirty. It does. It really does. So you want to know what I took away from this album? Huh. Okay. Because so before before I before I give that thought here. Um, everything I've said so far, like, as far as, like, pointing out specific things on tracks or whatever, I'm done. I said everything I have to say already. What I took away from this album is a reminder of how good Shadow Zone is. <laughs> That's what I took away from this. I have since gone back and listened to the album Shadow Zone multiple times. Like, that's what I took out of this. This is, this was a reminder to me about how cool Static X as a band really exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I mean... I, I enjoy Static X enough, <clears throat> and, and this album definitely like reminded me of some good times I've had listening to Static X. Um, but I'm going to be... I'm going to be... <coughs> completely fair if i had not listened to static x with friends i might have like put on wisconsin death trip for like three songs and then moved on because like you said it's not about new metal that's very samey and yeah it, and, it is it definitely and, is and so all things considered i think that fans will enjoy this i think it's cool that they had so much unused from material from wayne that they could make something that sounds like a static x album and this does sound like a static x album uh, and it's fine. And I, I thought there were a couple standout tracks. I liked Hollow. I liked Worth Dying For. Although maybe it's just because they're very early on in the album. Um, but I think more than anything, this inspired me to go listen to other Static X albums again. Um, okay, so we are literally on the same page here. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was fine. Um, but I thought, I thought there was so much weird bullshit surrounding it that it did taint my enjoyment a little. But even if it hadn't, I don't think this is the best Static X album. Uh, I do not know their whole discography. I only know a couple albums. Um, and I have since gone, they have an album called Cannibal Killers Live on Spotify that I was, uh, that I was, I was digging into a bit as well. Because I like live albums. Um, but how many, only, how, many, how many songs on this after it was over did you listen to and be like, I would listen to this again in a second? I would listen to Worth Dying For. I would listen to the intro track leading into Hollow, and then Hollow's a totally fine song, and I would listen to Worth Dying For. I would, like, on their own, I'd listen to those first three tracks. And and, and there's some other cool stuff. I thought Terminator uh, Oscillator was okay. Uh, I thought... Yeah, it had some cool uh, stuff. I, I, like, a... I like that, um, so, Otsego Placebo, uh, it was nice to see that they, even after he died, was able to release um, an Otsego song, because there's one on every album. <laughs> 
But it also at least sounds like they didn't just pull that name out of a hat. He at least says it. So this was at least like a dropped Otsego song, I believe. I don't think that's I don't think that's Zero saying it during the chorus. I I genuinely don't know. Oh, to, to comment on Zero a little bit, he 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 sounds enough like a Wayne Static impersonator that I'm not sure in most contexts I would know who it was. It's really weird. He kind of sounds like Edsel Dope. That is strange. That is very bizarre that he... he, he yeah, that is very... If you don't get it, um, it, it's it's him. Like, almost without a doubt, this unnamed Zero who wore a mask that looked like Wayne Static is a man named Edsel Dope. They won't officially say it. I I don't think they're fooling anybody. I really wish I liked the song that featured Al Jorgensen more. I don't even remember it. Like, I have nothing written, honestly, other than the fact that it's it was called the Dead Souls. It was and, closer, I wrote, and, uh, and I wrote that it it's features him of It's the kind of, like, more chilled out song on the album. Which... Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Which I kind of, again, that makes me kind of wish I, I liked it more because I've kind of, one of my criticisms was that all sounds very samey and the one song doesn't sound very samey. I'm saying I didn't like very much. <laughs> but that's Sorry, the way cookie crumbles like... sometimes, I guess. Um, yeah, it just, unfortunately. It just, didn't, it just didn't felt like it did much. And I don't feel like they really utilized Al Jorgensen. So what can I say? Um, I don't. I mean, yeah, I have I have nothing written about it. I barely. I mean, I couldn't remember what it was until you mentioned it, honestly. So, I mean, I don't think I'm going to come back to this album very often. I don't know how I feel about it being out there, um, but I'll say that if if it ignites your interest in listening to another Static X album, then you should. Yeah, like overall, I give Project Regeneration Volume One a Shadow Zone out of ten. Go listen to Shadow Zone. Um, Just go listen to Shadow Zone. It's a I, better album I agree with in that, every but way, shape, or form. Go I, listen to Shadow Zone. I agree with that. I mean, or pick your other album if you want to listen to Wisconsin Death Trip God damn or, it, you. Or, or Cannibal or Machine. Like, that's fine. I was, but... I was literally going to give it a uh, Wisconsin Death Trip out of 10 because I think if you that's haven't fine. listened to them before, then you then that's a good place. It honestly is a good place to start. First time's a good place to start with them. Uh, yeah, I agree. I just say Shadow Zone because it's the album that I was introduced to. Like, I know. I also, I was also so. like giving a different recommendation than you. Yeah, but either way, like you know, my my review of this album is they have other albums that you should check out. Like <laughs> that's that's what I'm gonna say. That's that's my review of this album. And, I, and honestly, only six. I mean, despite the fact yeah. that they had a ten year run, only six albums. You can get it done in an afternoon. Is it really only six? Wisconsin Death Trip, Machine, Shadow Zone, Start of War, Cannibal, and Cult of Static. Oh, interesting. Yep. I don't think I realized that, was it? You can get it done in, a, in, an, in an evening. Now, I think if you want to get into... I think Wayne Static had some solo stuff. Yeah, he, he had a solo album. Okay. I'm almost positive it's only one. I believe he had one solo album. Which I don't actually know. Um, or, 
Or, I mean, you know, you could go listen to, like, Power Man 5000 or, or Crystal Method or, you know, a lot. Basically, what I'm saying is this album made me want to listen to other, like, related music, but not actually this album. I don't want to listen to this album again. I want to go listen to Power Man 5000. I want to listen to, like, early Rob Zombie. So at this point, the conversation kind of trails off into something I'm going to release separately. But before we go, I have a few corrections that I wanted to make. First off, a few little things. Uh, the meme I'm referencing near the beginning is Evil Burt, not Evil Ernie. And the comment about the Kermit voice actor was just something I said to make Jeff laugh that he won't let me cut. Uh, but obviously I'm joking. Uh, don't don't hurt the Kermit voice actor. Um, more seriously... I should maybe say that Trip Eisen is allegedly into little girls. He pled guilty to luring with a motor vehicle, but he denies that he knew the girls were underage. Um, there's more to it, and you can look it up if you're really interested. Uh, Wayne Static's wife died in 2016, two years after him, uh, and she committed suicide. She didn't overdose, so I didn't want to have that wrong. I also want to give credit. It turns out that that is actually Zero doing vocals for Otsego Placebo. I was wrong about that. I actually misunderstood a lot about how much Zero wrote and recorded on this album, so I wanted to give uh, a little bit more credit to him for that. Um, as we said, I wasn't trying to hear the difference, and he sounds a like Wayne Static to pass when I'm not listening for him, so I didn't think too much about it. Speaking of credit, it also seems like there's more out there now about the debate about how much Trip claims to have written and how much the band claims he wrote. You have Google if you really care, but I just wanted to point that out. So um, those are just a few corrections I wanted to make before we left here. Thanks for listening.